At the very outset, let me say that the HR we are referring to isn't just the department HR. When we say HR in this episode, we're talking about HR, the function, the HR functions a business performs. If you're trying to select a new hire, even if you're a senior product manager doing it, then that's an HR function. If we write a job description, then that's an HR function. If we give a colleague a shout out on Slack, that's an HR function. If we help plan a bonding activity or an offsite, that's an HR function. If we provide a colleague solace in a difficult time and that's what keeps them from leaving, then that's an HR function. If you think of it this way, you begin to see that all of us perform HR functions in some way or another. And so, when we say that HR, the function, is being changed by software, which is the premise of the episode, what we're in fact saying is that the work we all do is in some way being changed by software. Our relationships with each other in the workplace is being changed by HR tech. I'm Sneha Vakharia, host of Cost to Company, the Ken's weekly podcast about work and workplaces. This is an episode about SaaS products that are changing HR function and about how that's happening now and how we will continue to see it evolve in the future. How are our professional relationships, the relationships that shape a lot of our lives, being changed by software? there, I'm Snegdha from the Ken's podcast team and I'm here to tell you about Daybreak, a brand new podcast from the Ken's newsroom that I host. Every week on Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday, I will tell you a business story that is current, significant and most importantly, interesting. You'll find Daybreak on all podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple. Please do give it a listen and share your feedback with me at daybreak at Oh, and I have one more piece of news to share. You know, when the Ken began its journey, the mission was simple. It was to make business news accessible to everybody. But six years later, we noticed that only 20% of our subscribers were women. So my brilliant colleagues Sneha, Tanishka, Ravina, Vanita and Munman decided to do something about it. Because wanting to see more women in business also means we need to make business journalism more accessible to them, right? So the Ken is now offering a 50% discount to all its women readers. The offer will last all of this month. So if you're a woman listening to this, I highly encourage you to take a few minutes and fill in the type form linked to this episode's show notes. You will not regret it, I promise. Thank you for hearing me out and now back to the episode. HR functions are in a state of flux. Some of those are in familiar ways, ways you would have already encountered. Let's take for example recruiting. We know the old kind of recruiting. You see a job opening on a website, you send an email. Presuming the business isn't struggling with a deluge of emails, you'll get shortlisted on a spreadsheet and they'll get back to you asking for an interview. They'll ask for 3pm on a Friday, but you have an important meeting at that time. You'll ask, can we do 3pm Monday? 
that will work but something will break and they will have to reschedule there'll be more back and forth finally you meet one person he sends his feedback on a slack channel then you meet a second person and repeat the process and then everyone will ask for everyone's feedback and 100 emails later you're hired this is already changing pretty rapidly this is karthik mandeville ceo of springworks he is building hr tech for recruiting and engagement yeah so it connects the calendars of the interviewers um, it is able to pull in the available slots they have right so they don't um, you know the the recruiter does not need to go to talk to the interviewer and say what time works for you and then go back to the candidate second is all feedback resume notes whatever linkedin stuff for that in one system so that just removes the need of talking to the hr or removes the need of saying okay i am interviewing this person can you give me the previous feedback can you give me your notes can you give me the resume right all of that is not required anymore it's all uh, documented in one place then third is uh, just email reminders you know to everyone right like okay your application is accepted and so that's kind of helps the recruiter save time because you're not talking to every single person who's applying um you know probably most jobs get you know upwards of 100 applicants and a lot of them are you now 99% of you know them are unqualified especially at the first stage right so how do you kind of filter them out is one way through assessments what is the value that you articulate when you mm-hmm. say that this is valuable to you how yeah that's time savings you know again time saving to the hr uh, or whoever is leading this function depends on the states they are right so that's why i said like a company of 10 people we will say this is probably not useful for them right? but a company of 25 to you know 150 200 employees this is great because they save up whatever 25 30 no percent of their time assuming all of these things are there right Springworks has also built a background verification software that helps business do a lot of verification checks calling up previous employers doing KYC and so on this helps with compliance so could a team of 3 become 2 using your software if so, you, so yeah so in some ways if you say okay the team of 3 can become 2 yes but then you would compromise on your you know growth right here you have the companies are investing in this assuming that they are going from 100 to you know say five employees a month to so 160 you know in at the end of the year right so they don't want to add hrs at the same scale right which is the reason to invest in softwares so it's actually you know do i from when i'm going from 100 to 160 that's the mandate i have do i need to go from a team of 3 to 5 to be able to do that or can i stay at a team of you know 3 so it's so it's it's a different way of thinking of uh, about it which is to say that you can have smaller teams now doing the same volume of work or same size teams doing more you can scale business operations up or down hire more or less people and you don't need to hire more hr to do it then this is also how springworks improves employee engagement with minimal human effort you are expecting some gratitude how do you get this you know your manager or your teammate just says you know thank you you know uh, for helping me out your manager maybe writes a small note sent it over whatsapp or an email to you right that's it right so how does software solve this 
So it's in the communication platform Slack or Microsoft Teams. It is tangible, so it's kind of connected to some point system, right? Amazon gift cards, Zomato, Swiggy, whatever it is, right? So it's some, it's tangible, right? So it's not just a thank you, but it's actually converting to a coffee mug on your table, for example, right? So you you have you can see the impact of it. You remember it for a longer time. It is social public in a way um, because everything in the everyone in the company is able to see it because a lot of recognition is the bragging rights. Yes, I did this. I got recognized, and my peers know about it, right? It's not just I need to know it personally, but I also want my peers and you know managers and colleagues to know about it. A software that can take your private kudos and convert it into an automated Amazon gift voucher. A software that can take your private compliments, well done, congratulations, and automate them into a well-produced GIF that goes out on the Slack channel for everyone to see. You don't have to choose the GIF, and you don't have to log into Amazon to buy the voucher. You simply have to put in your compliment or your reward points into the software, and the gift coffee mug will be at your colleague's table in a few days. The message will be posted publicly for everyone to see. The benefit is your retention. The ROI is also because you know you've saved one employee from resigning, for example, right? So what's the ROI in kind of replacing that employee and knowledge transfer and all of that, right? So, but there's another side of saving time and resources for these HR functions. It's all done through the tool. You know who you are working with. You know more, you know something more about them, not just the work aspect. Uh, you know what you'll be working on. You know. Uh, uh, what you have to do in the first week, second week, you know, first 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And you know whom to go to for if you have any questions, right? Like, where do I get my, you know, like, you don't even have to actually ask, you know, where's your payslip and leaves. And if I need to get access to my Zoom software, who do I ask, right? I'm having problems with my Gmail because I'm locked out, right? Uh, how do I get that, right? So all of these things are kind of answered and not, you don't need to reach out to the HR so all of those things are kind of done through a software to a tool. And um, yeah, I think, yeah, we're getting there. Um, there are a lot of softwares in the overall ecosystem. Out West, there are now businesses that are building full stack HR solutions. Once you're added as an employee with a designation, the software solution integrates your payroll, your benefits, your health insurance, your leaves, paid and unpaved, your performance management, time tracking, compliance and tax filing. This software automates a lot of work and really reduces the time and resources a business would otherwise spend on HR-related tasks. It also protects a business from business cycles. You can expand and contract a business without hiring and laying off HR. Yeah, so I think uh, the whole debate which actually got triggered by this chat GPT thing was, and somebody showed examples of, two examples, right? write a job description of a data scientist for a small startup with funding trying to get people from companies like Google, right? And this is the job description uh, input that was given and ChatGPT was able to come up with something which was 85% there. Now the recruiters just had to modify it to their own taste. This is Nikunj Verma, CEO of CutShot, a startup that helps businesses with recruitment and employers to find jobs. Nikunj breaks HR work into tasks and decisions. 
Tasks, he thinks, are easy to replace with software. A lot of SaaS HR solutions are doing the logistical, irritating admin work. Dropping a package, logging into a management system, making a call, writing an email. That's easy to automate and it saves time and resources. It also delivers a consistent experience every time. But HR also makes decisions. Nikunj is building software that helps businesses make decisions algorithmically using machine learning. So we have done a role and skill stack based matching, which is interesting, uh, which is interesting in the competition because we went deep into these skills and these stacks that customers want. Uh, second thing we have done is we have built a unique and proprietary algorithm which can look at the resume and predict the quality of that resume. So it can tell you that this this person is 95 percentile of the population based on not just the typical quality signals like top colleges or top companies. It can actually look at the, the accomplishments of the person. So if someone has done, let's say, paper presentations or hackathons at international level and these can be you know different different hackathons and let's say somebody has done google internship or google summer of code sort of thing somebody has been a great uh, you know contributor to github on github right these all things signals it is able to catch and you know we are able to also rank profiles based on that so that's something which has also been very very uh, meaningful or useful for our customers then we have also built a very ai chatbot sort of a screening question uh, or a screener uh, module or function uh, or feature, which is basically uh, how recruiters can ask uh, in a very interactive manner, as soon as someone applies for their job, they can ask very unique questions which are relevant to them. They could be cultural questions. This is the hiring process from the future. A manager will insert a prompt into a machine learning system. The ML system will generate an email. If the manager wants, he or she can edit the email here and there to make it what he or she is happy with. Then imagine applying for a job, getting filtered by an algorithm, then interacting with a chatbot that catches all your answers and puts them in one place for the recruiters to see. Nikun says the fix to this is to let businesses choose the questions the chatbot asks. He says the algorithm is designed to catch non-obvious indicators of success. These questions we leave to the recruiters to put. Uh, we could lead them, but we don't want to lead them. So we want every company to be unique. We want every candidate experience to be unique. And we want can companies to think what kind of people they want. Uh, and once these questions are answered, they're able to better select people, uh, the kind of people that they want. So that's, again, the third thing that we have done. Uh, fourth, we have done is uh, test and competencies uh, that we are we have tested on the product. So these are hard tests that we give to the candidates. Uh, and based on the competencies that we have been able to assess for these candidates, we also use that in highlighting the right candidates for the right jobs. So these are four or five things that we have done uh, to make sure that you know, the overall candidates who are being recommended to the companies are matching on multiple parameters and they're actually the ones who will be uh, fitting in, not just you know for the first year, but for the longer term. This cuts not just time, but decision-making time also. Nikun says that these increases in efficiencies are important, especially now. 
because hr functions have simply never had it this hard before so earlier hr industry could just think about their business objectives but now because of the changing landscape and the the whole you uh, shift that has happened in the power that talent is becoming the bottleneck people have different aspirations they have different constraints and they and they need to be understood for hr or or for the company to make any business sense or make any business progress so the hr role which was employer centric before has now is now becoming or has become uh, more people centric to understand their side of the story better and then create a fine balance between the company goals and the employee or the professional goals to actually create some value for both parties now if you have to do that you have to be emotionally more intelligent about what is happening in the industry what the people are going through now to do that they need to have more time because if you just are calling more people every day if you're just writing offer letters if you're doing performance reviews by hand then you don't have time to listen to what the employee is going through so that's where technology comes into picture because technology is cheap today there was a time when technology was very expensive because of because of competition and because of the 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 dwindling cost of making software and servicing it has become be- becoming affordable for companies to use the value of the employees increasing so now what is happening is you have hr tech which is becoming more affordable it makes more business sense for you to invest there save your time give a great experience to the employee and now win back your time to understand the the emotional side of the employee management and then you focus the focus on the employees and um, on the employee side and the business find sense of a fine task of balancing these two things which is where the true value of hr function today is if you look at five, so, next 5 year 10 years i'll i'll reframe it in slightly shorter way and you tell me whether i you i you agree or not and whether i miss something that basically because of this changing power dynamic between employee and employer the task of hr has actually become more complex more difficult almost and now tech is cheap tech is helping hr fill in that gap is that a fair assessment correct so it is becoming difficult uh, and they have to invest more on the in the human side of and the employee side so because of which we have they have to win back their time so hr tech can be deployed to automate to win back their time which can be invested in the emotional side of the of the business to paraphrase never before have people sat with questions like why do i work why do i want to work what emotional needs does my work fulfill but they're asking those questions now and to answer those questions those new questions people who perform hr functions need more bandwidth and they need more time they need to do less admin work and more thoughtful work and these algorithms and the software that ones that can do the menial labor for you they can give you that time but if you take all this away if you automate the most painful decision making if you automate tasks that the hr would otherwise perform what's left what is an hr role right yeah maybe i'll take a cue from uh, what you told a while back that uh, when you talk about hr i even i believe so hr is not function or department it's actually a practice it's at the end of the day uh, as an organization how do you drive your people strategy so the owners on driving the people strategies i would say more on business leaders and business managers than on hr per se hr per se at best can act as strategic advisors or at best can act to design or help you design your people programs that's what ideally hr should be doing this is bimal vishwam 
He works at HR at Baiju's. And if you're a regular listener of CTC, you've heard him before. And he's going to tell me what a post-software HR will look like. If I'm looking at, say, talent management, right? If I have to say, you know, how do I, uh, you know, look at what are the, how, how do I look at a framework which will identify who are my future leaders, right? So then I design that framework and that framework then has to be operationalized by the business leaders. And for me to then do that, I'll have to have that mind space, which is free from this clutter, where I then sit with the business leader, understand what they want to drive and then help them do that. Or if I to kind of reward, reward design a rewards program for my, uh, uh, for my tech or engineering kind of talent. So for example, you will right now see a lot of layoffs happening in the startup ecosystem, right? Uh, what has fundamentally happened is, you know, they've kind of hired talent at a certain premium from the market to kind of come and, you know, do their products. So they have hired the creme de la creme of talent from the market. But right now, once those products are established, you don't need that kind of talent anymore. So then you eventually kind of end up laying them off. So my point is at that point of time, maybe I'm not saying uh, they haven't thought through, but ideally that is what an HR's role is. Telling that, you know, this is the path. If you take this path, you're going to face that problem. So maybe at the initial day itself, advise them, are there alternatives to look at? So that is the kind of... This is a leaner, meaner HR that is thinking about business cycles from a people strategy perspective. This HR is not a people function, but a consulting service that helps business leaders build people strategies. This new HR department is a business strategy department. They think meta and they give strategic advice to business ends. I perceive some loss, okay, here, which is, you know, it's a simple thing like, on first day of office, you go to one HR person with your ID, I don't know, your leaving certificate, your some, you know, five, seven things, your college degree and so on. And, um, and then the thing, and what they'll do is, um, you'll meet other people. No? You'll shake hands. He'll say, now you go to finance and get this signed off. So then you'll go to finance and you'll meet, say hello. Um, there'll be other people next to you. Um, and that is how that first relationship is built. And my sense is also that then, you know, if you don't know your HR, when a sexual harassment complaint comes, who will you complain to? You know, who will you talk to? Um and it's if if for it so in this chatbot that you speak to while applying to a job i still can't get over it i hope i never have to talk to a chatbot in my life to get a job but i am uh, there's actually no exchange of um implicit information you know there's no you're not we're not seeing each other's body language i'm not if i'm not going to your office then i'm not getting a sense of who you guys are as human beings. Right, right. But yes, people need to interact with others, I agree. Because workplace at the end of the day is a social, uh, I would say a social experiment or a social cohesive unit, I agree. But it is again your team, right? It's your team who will help you, uh, you know, get acclimatized with your other team members, people whom you allocate as your member. What is the value addition you think a third party team or a third party department can do? There's nothing. The second and most important is that when you actually talk to a non-human, that non-human is at least promising you a consistency of experience. Uh, however, yes, that personal human touch is lost. 
but i think that personal human touch is more important once you come to your team and when you start working than what happens here but the point you spoke about uh, compliance or there are escalations yes there that's where one has that that's one area where i think definitely hr has to step in to also act as employee champions and to a specific aspect of posh posh complaints have to be raised to an ic not necessarily hr the ic comprises of senior leaders mostly sometimes from hr as well but posh has to be raised to an ic so those compliance mechanism will continue obviously a chat cannot address a posh case i agree uh but uh, wherever there are issues of uh, code of yeah code of conduct violations uh you know behaviors which are against the company's culture there again hrs as employee champions have to step in as an employee if you're expecting hr to you know be a constant friend and a mentor i would say that you should look to your manager and your team not to hr because i don't know you know if your manager is a jerk or you know if he is actually uh, you know harassing you yeah you can come as a complaint i agree but if you know your career is not rewarding if your manager is not rewarding then i think it's a conversation you guys should have rather than you know coming to hr hr can't do much about that bimal thinks it's not the hr's job to look after people it's the people managers and business leaders job to look after the people to engage with them to bring the best out of them the care we often seek from hr must in fact come from the teams we work with we may need hr for compliance issues for posh complaints but in fact it is our teams and people managers we should begin to expect care from hr the team hr the department is increasingly going to be an advisory role not an executive function and hr department's job is the job of a strategy consultant to business leaders to keep their ear on the ground and advise the executive class take all the admin away and hr is a strategy role this marks a different kind of first day in office which isn't spent awkwardly scanning documents or signing paperwork or meeting members of different departments and asking them for favors this new hr is where everything is in one place efficient and solvable on your own with the help of software but this is also an office with fewer handshakes on the first day the fewer chance encounters and the fewer people you meet the fewer people you'll know and the fewer other joinees you'll see scanning and signing papers around you the less you'll understand about organization hierarchies and structures this kind of software intervention is efficient it saves resources and can make hr teams do more with less but the softer information and introductions are missed Your recruiters can now read your conversation with a chat bot but you won't meet them for a while which means a lot of social cues social signals intuitive learning from two people meeting each other all of that gets missed and the one department in an organization that you thought was people centric will increasingly cease to be so it will continue to thrive but as a more explicitly business department hr will become a strategy service called in to tell business leaders how to do their job better for the benefit of the business and then who will the employees lean on when times get tough who do we complain to it will be the people we work with every day the people in our teams this was a podcast from the ken this episode of cost to company was written hosted and produced by sneha vakaria with audio engineering by rajiv cn if you have thoughts feelings or episode ideas write to us at podcast at the hyphen ken.com
kenwebb.com. If you like the podcast and want to know more, follow the Ken Webb on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If there's something interesting going around in your workplace, any trend you've been seeing but nobody else is really talking about, fill in the type form link in the show notes. It'll take you maximum two minutes, and if we like your idea, we might call you on the podcast as a guest. It's happened in the past too, so please fill in the form. I'm Shrivar, and next week we're taking a much-needed break, but we'll be back on the third of January with a special edition of Cost to Company, our twentieth episode so far. See, we've spoken about a bunch of trends and topics on the show in 2022, but what's their place at the workplace? in 2023 we'll find out soon and as always